0: Hello, and welcome to another year of Draft Grades. A reminder before we begin that Draft Grades coming out immediately after the draft has concluded mean absolutely nothing and are just here for entertainment value. Thank you, and enjoy the show. Welcome to an episode of Podcast and Podcast where you don't have to be vaccinated, but it sure does help. I'm your host, Tom. Well, I'm a teacher, so my draft grades they hold more weight than anybody else, right? Grassy, and today we are going to be grading the Green Bay Packers 2022 NFL draft. And as I said in the intro, these are purely for entertainment. The proper time to evaluate a draft is three years after, and so this year I will be grading the 2019 Packers draft, so I'll be doing that in a few weeks, but it's always fun to kind of go through, and whether it's different divisions and especially for your own team, to kind of just judge based off of value, based off of the prospect itself, and assign a grade to it. Before we get to that, I want to do a big shout and thank you to some brand new patrons and YouTube members. First on the Patreon side things, we have Martin Lee, we have Ace of Spades 92. Pamela Nelson and Carter Ferris7. A big shout out and thank you to you. And over on the YouTube side of things, we have James Ria, we have Cody HD, Apostle121, Foster Vaughn, we have Andrew Petro, we have Jesse Hutzler, we have Martin Lee again, Michael Gibson, Thomas Paxton, and Ricey the mass hole a big shout out and thank you to you all so the way that we're going to do this is I'm going to go through each pick that the Packers selected during the 2022 NFL draft we're going to talk about a little bit do a little bit of recap I'll give you my take on it in terms of the value for that player on top of what their potential is and how they're going to fit within the Packers scheme and then at the very end we'll put a grade on it and we'll send you on your way sound good let's get to it starting off with our first pick In round one, the Green Bay Packers went linebacker Quay Walker a pick that was met with some resistance from the fan base and of course other fan bases and outside media immediately declaring that this was a reach. This guy would have been there when we were going to pick potentially in the second or the third round, and it was met with some disappointment. However, the video that I put out on Thursday mentioned Quay Walker as a potential guy the Packers could target in the first round. He had been climbing up draft boards over the past few weeks, and the Packers believed in him enough to draft him first overall, at least with their first pick so much so that they loved Devonte wyatt and were afraid that he wasn't going to be there when they selected again at 28 and they still chose quay walker over him now, why did they love Quay Walker so much? Well, inside linebacker, it was a position of need. Yes, they brought back Devondre Campbell, which is excellent. However, behind that you had Chris Barnes, who again, I think is a solid player, but I think that they wanted to invest some actual draft capital into that. Now, why Quay Walker as the player? Well, the guy was great for Georgia. Not only is he great in run defense, but especially good in coverage. He had over 500 passing snaps and didn't allow a single touchdown and the thing that stood out to me was Goody basically explaining that as he watched Quay Walker and watched him get more opportunities on a very good Georgia defense, he saw that he was improving with every opportunity that he was getting, because basically what you're doing in the draft is you're not looking at their body of work and being like, wow, that's super impressive. Instead, you're looking at what their potential could be, right? So when Rashawn Gary was drafted, I even mentioned this on what you saw on a bunch of his tape, he was super fast. However, What could happen is that he would get pushed by tackles and he would get bounced outside so much so that he wouldn't be able to get after the quarterback. And now look today, Rashawn Gary has improved immensely as a player, didn't do a whole lot his first season, but now has become a staple so much so that the Packers believe in him to be paired up with Preston Smith and get after the quarterback. So with Quay Walker, they're looking to lock down the middle of the field, which had been a problem many, many times in the past. Now you have Devondre Campbell, you have Quay Walker there, and this is going to solve a lot of problems for the Packers. In addition, not only beefing up that run defense, I think it's also going to add to our pass coverage game. We've talked about the secondary and how the Packers really didn't target safety or slot corner and how that could be a problem. But here you have Quay Walker. If he could drop back in coverage, that's also helping out the secondary. And the Packers seem to want to be making a defense that is going to be a force to be reckoned with. They were obviously that versus the San Francisco 49ers. And I think that they're going to build upon that even more. You're going to have Jair Alexander, Returning, and I think that they could be really fun. So, people might think that this was a bit of a reach, but I think it's also safe to remind that projected value is completely and totally subjective. If this guy winds up being a stud for us, no one's going to care that if we got him at 22, 28, or if it was in the second round. Quay Walker brings a great skill set to the Packers, he's a consistent tackler. And the Packers loved him so much, they were willing to draft him over some of their other favorites in this draft. Following that with their second pick of the first round, the Packers went defensive line, getting Devontae Wyatt, again from Georgia, doubling up here. And this guy, 6'3", 307 pounds, and we've talked about him on this channel before. I was able to predict four guys that the Packers wound up drafting in the same mock draft, which... Little pat on the back. But Devontae Wyatt, I absolutely love this pick. I know people wanted to go with Jordan Davis. He was a bit younger and I think had a little bit more of an upside. But getting Wyatt at the end of the first round, I think, was an excellent move. I love the value here. And on top of that, I love what he brings to this team. He's incredibly athletic. His upside is tremendous. And we finally have a guy pairing with Kenny Clark. Defensive line was one of the needs I mentioned before this entire draft season began. And now they've addressed that. You now have a defensive line that is made up of Kenny. Kenny Clark, Devontae Wyatt, you're going to have Preston Smith, you're going to have Rashawn Gary, and you can move some pieces around. We also, of course, went after edge Rusher in the draft, and we'll talk about that, but I am super stoked about this pick. I know people might have been a little bit upset that we didn't get a wide receiver in the first round, but I think the value that we got from these two defensive guys makes it all worth it. Following that, the Packers decided to trade their additional second-round pick to move up and select Christian Watson, the wide receiver from North Dakota State. Now, as the night was unfolding, I wanted Watson or I wanted George Pickens, and they decided to go with Christian Watson. Right off the bat, the negatives about Watson, small school, competition not as good, had some issues with drops. The good news is the Packers have some experience fixing receivers who have drop issues, looking at Devontae Adams, looking at James Jones. On top of that, they got a freak athlete, 6'5", ran a four three six, and this kid did it all. 2021 had 800 yards, seven touchdowns, could also help in the return game, though I think Romeo Dubs is probably going to get a lot of those looks. He absolutely crushed it in the senior bowl, and I think that paired with Aaron Rodgers, he could be absolutely incredible and could be our wide receiver one, and I think that's the expectation the Packers giving up a bunch to go and get him, and I know that there are those saying, well, we gave up a bit too much. However, if they traded back up and got him in the first round, I don't think anyone would have been complaining. So here, they go out, they get Christian Watson, which of course was our most glaring need at wide receiver they get a player who has a tremendous upside who's going to be paired with an mvp quarterback and i couldn't be happier about this pick then going into the third round they decided to address o-line going sean ryan from ucla nobody should be surprised that goody's deciding to beef up that offensive line he did it again throughout the draft He's played left tackle, he could move to guard, and again, he's versatile like some of the other picks that Goody has done over the past few seasons. He's a good run blocker, and the biggest thing here and why I think there's so much value here is again, it allows the Packers to have options on where to put people. Who are they going to put at right tackle? There's going to be a competition that's going to go there. Elton Jenkins could go there. Maybe he could go back at guard. Hell, and now we have backups for potentially left tackle in two guys. So I like this pick just for the depth alone, and it allows us to be a little bit more versatile and flexible along our offensive line. Following that at pick 132, the Packers went with wide receiver from Nevada, Romeo Dubs, 6'2", return specialist. Love that, can definitely help in special teams. 2021, 80 receptions, over 1,100 yards, and 11 touchdowns and this is the guy who brings the speed over the top. He's going to stretch the field. He's going to get behind secondaries, and that's what Matt LaFleur wanted. Yes, you have Sammy Watkins who can have that speed, and now you have Christian Watson who also has that speed. Romeo Dubs could be a problem. He's another one. Now you have Aaron Rodgers throwing to a weapon like him the potential is unlimited. He's had back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons, and while he could use a little bit more diversity in his route running, he's going to have time to do so because we are going to have a young wide receiver room. But again, this was a need for the Packers. They weren't just going to go out and get Christian Watson and be done. I still wouldn't be surprised if the Packers wind up going to get a free agent wide receiver. I know the roster's getting a bit thick right now, but they could bring somebody in like Julio Jones, which I wouldn't mind if he was healthy. But at this point... I love Romeo Dubs, and I think that was a great pick. Then at 140, the Packers decide to go get Zach Tom. Guy's played, again, all over the O-line. He's played center. He's played tackle. 6'4", 304 pounds. Made Jermaine Johnson's life miserable going up against him, which... I mean, he was originally projected to be a top 10 pick. On top of that, he was drafted eventually in the first round. This is another pick in which he's versatile. His pass block grade never dipped below 76.8 over his four years of play. And I think the Packers once again got a great O-line piece in ensuring that Aaron Rodgers is not going to have to worry about a lot. Then with pick 179, we traded back with the Broncos, but we got edge rusher Kingsley Inagbari, and I love this pick. Another guy that I mocked to the Green Bay Packers. I think we got him for some amazing value here. Had a good senior bowl, had played 12 games, 29 solo tackles, 7 for a loss, and that was back-to-back seasons. He had 7 tackles for a loss, 4.5 sacks. Doesn't get after the quarterback a ton, but is pressuring the quarterback. at A 92.5 pass rush grade, and again, what I like about this is it gets depth at the edge position we do have Preston Smith we do have Rashawn Gary this gets us a little bit more ammunition there we have a bit more depth and so god forbid somebody goes down you can have someone who can compete and get after the quarterback a bit more Following that, you had four seventh round picks starting at 228. Tariq Carpenter, the safety slash linebacker from Georgia Tech. Not really sure where he's going to line up. Obviously, we have a need at safety, but he's kind of a bigger guy and he hits really hard, so they might use him as linebacker. But I got to be completely honest, they're probably just going to use him for special teams. I think that this is definitely a Rich Passaccia pick, and when you're in the seventh round, you're just you know, throwing darts at the wall, hoping to hit something. And here with Carpenter, he could help on special teams. He's going to be competing for it. And with this emphasis now on special teams to not have blunders like we did last year, I'm all for it. Then with number 234, we got defensive tackle, Jonathan 4, 6'5", 333 pounds from Miami. A big guy, had a really productive year in 2019, never really got back to that. So while I think the Packers, again, are just taking a shot on him and see if he can regain that former glory, he's another guy who could be used in special teams. No, not as a gunner or a returner, but he's a big body who could either get after the kicker or at least just be in the way. Then with the 249th pick, arguably the steal of the class. You got offensive tackle Rashid Walker from Penn State, 6'6", 313 pounds. I mentioned in the video that I did on him that NFL.com had him as a projected third rounder. And if you saw around the league, it was kind of roughly around that third or fourth round. And the reason he fell so hard is because he did have an injury last year. On top of that, he allows speedy edges to get around him. But here, I just love the potential value. If he doesn't work out, you wasted a late seventh rounder. If he does, you look like a genius and it provides us more depth. And then finally, with our final pick at number 258, we got wide receiver Samori Toure from Nebraska, 6'1", 191. Had a great pro day, ran a 4 This guy I mentioned before, he beat Randy Moss's single-game receiving record with 303 yards, transferred to Nebraska, and had some success. 12 games, 46 reception, 898 yards, and 5 touchdowns. Nebraska's offense kind of struggled last year. They weren't the greatest. So now you're pairing him again with Aaron Rodgers. I spoke to Mark Murphy about this, and Aaron Rodgers does have a tendency to make wide receivers even better than they would be. So I like this here. It The guy has put up some pretty good tape. On top of that, his stats are real good. I know these are just like objective things to look at, but now with a great QB... Let's see if the kid could be a diamond in the rough in the seventh. So looking at this draft class as a whole, I think the Packers address significant needs. The needs that they didn't address, of course, was tight end. However, Robert Tunyon coming back for another year. You're going to have the big dog who's going to be there. We'll see what happens with Dominique Daphne. On top of that, you do have Josiah Deguara. So Matt LaFleur might feel comfortable with the tight ends that they have. On top of that, it is that safety nickel corner. But we are also still waiting to see if Darnell Savage winds up emerging to be a Great player that we hope that he is that we drafted in the first round. We did pick up his fifth-year option, so the Packers do believe in him at least somewhat. So we might be set there. So looking at the defense, I really don't see any holes here. I'm glad that we got an additional edge rusher because the depth there was a little concerning. We shored up the inside of the field. We finally got another piece next to Kenny Clark, and this is after we went and got Jaron Reed from the Chiefs. And you look at our secondary, it should be one of the best in the league. Brought back Rasul Douglas. Jair Alexander should be back. Eric Stokes coming into his second year. Had a great rookie season. I'm pumped. Of course, you have the safeties of Adrian Amos. And then, like I said before, Darnell Savage. This defense has potential to be a top five, top ten in the league. Then you flip around, look at the offense. Offensive line depth. You got a ton of it in this draft. Going to protect Aaron Rodgers. Hopefully, if anybody goes down, like we did have injuries last year. Dave Bakhtiari not returning. Elton Jenkins getting hurt. You're not going to have to worry about shuffling people around. We should have a dynamic run game. You have A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones also really good as a receiver. I'm sure he's going to have plenty of receiving yards. And while our wide receiver depth was a problem, here the Packers went out and got three guys. And even if two of them wind up working out, that's a home run. But... Going out and getting Christian Watson, I think that guy's ceiling is super-duper high. He's freakishly athletic, and Romeo Dubs, at minimum, is probably going to be able to help us in special teams, and then he could be utilized in the offense in a bunch of different ways. You could say that they reached a little bit with guys like Quay Walker, but I think the depth and value that they got throughout this entire draft, I think it gives them a solid A-minus, bordering an A. I'll give them an A-minus at this point, but I think the Packers truly had one of the best drafts for this year. But let me know what you think down in the comments below. How do you feel about the Packers draft class? Do you agree? Let me know. You can also me at com or at all social media seed down below. Check out PackCast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Music, Spotify, and of course, YouTube. And a big shout and thank you to all the patrons over at Patreon.com slash TomGrossyComedy and the YouTube members. But thank you so much for watching. I'm Tim Grossy. And as always, Go Pack Go!